Let's look at the book of Romans this morning. And Paul is really making an argument here about Israel in chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. He's making an argument about Israel. And uh, I may just preface the verses I've prepared. I may preface it with uh, just some of the beginning words of this, this passage. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. Talking about Israel. For I bear them witness that they have a real zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandment shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing the, his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now we come to verse 14. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? You know, here Paul really gives the uh, logic behind evangelistic preaching and missionary preaching that people can't they're not going to be saved without the preaching of the gospel because they don't have the knowledge up here. According, faith comes according to, they have zeal but not according to knowledge. So then how will they call on him in whom they have not believed and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? Who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. So I want to talk about this morning how faith comes, how faith grows and how faith expands in our life or increases in our life. Okay, Last week we, we gave the definition of what faith is according to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And we dealt with that faith is an assurance and, and faith is proof. So faith is assurance and faith is proof. So let's deal with it today. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Somebody say, I got it. I got it. Look at your neighbor and say, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. To each man is dealt a measure of faith. There is a gift of faith, 
That is a manifestation gift of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 that I think will come and manifest in a person's life as God deems it necessary because the gifts are giving, given according to the Holy Spirit as he wills, Paul said. So I think those gifts, the gift of faith can come upon somebody and operate as he wills. Now, our friend Ted Shuttlesworth said he believes the gift of faith is the most important of all the gifts because the gift of faith can unlock everything else. Interesting. But nonetheless, to, even if you don't have the gift of faith, to each person is dealt a measure of faith. So all of y'all have a measure of faith. All of y'all have a measure of faith. You know, um, John Wesley, the great founder of the Methodist Church, the holiness movement, and really the, the grandfather, so to speak, of the Pentecostal charismatic movement, I, I believe, um, he, he believed in what was called a prevenient grace, that there is a grace that goes before to prepare you to receive the gospel. Because on the other side, you know, Calvinists would argue that uh, you, you can't, there's, you have, uh, salvation is completely monergistic, that it's all God's act, you have nothing to do with it. You're basically redeemed, regenerated by a sovereign act of his will, and you have nothing to do with it. But Wesley disagreed with that. Wesley said, we do have a choice in it, and we're given enough grace to make that choice. He called it prevenient. There's enough faith there to make that choice. However, when you get saved, then you need to increase in your faith. When you get saved, you need to increase in your faith. And I'm telling you, that comes through hearing the word of the Lord. I've had people ask me to pray that their faith would increase, and I'd pray, I'd pray for you, absolutely, but I know how it comes. It's going to come when you get into the Word and when you listen to the Word. So let's just reverse this argument. How, can, how does faith not come? By listening to everything else but the Word. That'll destroy your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of the Lord. I encourage you to read your Bible through every year. I encourage you to come to church on a regular basis. I encourage you to get involved in a life group or a small group or a Sunday school class or something. I encourage you to listen to the Word. I encourage you to listen to preachers on YouTube and listen to podcasts. I encourage you to listen to audio Bible. I encourage you to get into the Word. And, and it's like, well, no, I know the Scripture. I grew up that way. Well, that's fine. But hearing is in the present tense. Hearing here is in the present tense. It's not... I heard the word, and so I have all the faith I need. You have to keep hearing the word. You have to keep hearing the word. We prayed for someone back several months ago who said they were wrestling with a uh, late in the late stages of cancer. And I got real serious before I prayed for this person. And I said, you need to go. Um, this is my encouragement. Go home, turn on worship music 24-7, 365. Turn on healing scriptures and let them go in your house. Get into the word and listen to the word of the Lord and listen to scriptures that meets the need of what you have in your life. And let faith come and let faith explode in your heart on that subject. Let faith come and let it explode. It's amazing you know, we'll, and, and thank God for doctors. We have doctors in our congregation, and thank God. But, but we, you know, if a doctor gives us a prescription, we usually will follow it to the nth degree. 
And I'm telling you, we have a prescription right here for faith. And if you look at the, how many times in the Gospels were people healed physically, and Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. How many times did he say that? Your faith has made you whole. And so I want, I want to walk in faith. I want to be a faithful man. I want to be a man of faith. I want this to be a faith church. I want us to live, because when you believe in faith and have faith, you unlock an amazing life for yourself. You unlock an amazing life. You think about Hebrews 11 that I preached on last week, and I didn't get to this part. But the next hero of the faith we encounter after Abraham was Moses. And he says, by faith... Moses chose to suffer with the people of God instead of enjoy the riches of Egypt. Because Stephen tells us in Acts chapter 7 when he's preaching before he's martyred that Moses was raised in Pharaoh's household under that privilege of living in the king's house. But he, by faith, chose to obey the call of God and whatever was working in his heart. And he chose to follow that by faith. And then he leads them through the Red Sea by faith. They celebrated the Passover, Hebrews says, by faith. When you have faith, it unlocks an amazing life to you. You stop living just by your own rationale or logic or living by your own tradition or living, you, you, start, you stop living on the first story and you get up on the second story. You stop living just in the realm of impossibilities and limitations and you get up to living in the realm of possibilities and no limitations. What happens to the person of faith is that I'm talking in business, I'm talking in education, I'm talking in life, I'm talking in sports, I'm talking in, 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 in our realm of our realm of, of church and our spiritual life is when you open that door of faith you go up to the next level and you start living a supernatural life believing that God can do anything believing that God can do anything so last night my oldest daughter uh, called me and, and their family has been sick here for a couple of days dealing with something and uh, I said well let's pray she called me last night we're walking through the grocery store and she called me and she was she sounded really bad so I prayed for her and so I'm thinking, Lord, let me focus on this as much I can, but I am in the dairy aisle right now. <laughs> so I'm going to try to dial in just as much as I can. But that Greek yogurt looks amazing. <laughs> and uh, so anyhow, I'm going through, and so I pray, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I have to remind myself, hey, Hans, this isn't by your works that this is getting done. Hey, Hans, this isn't by your giftedness or education that this is getting done. It's by simple faith, and you don't have to work in this at all. You just got to pray and agree and let God, leave it in God's hands. Come on, somebody needs to hear that because we've been so, especially in Pentecostal church, we've been so adept and so trained at that works, 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 and we believe that our faith is pr pr proved by good works that often we won't let go and let God and trust Him. I woke up to this text this morning. She says, woke up feeling totally free, totally fine. God is so good. 
went on and, tell, and described how good it was. Somebody shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. Simplest thing, praying for my daughter, simplest thing in the dairy aisle, hallelujah, exercising simple faith, stop living on the first level. Get up on the second level of life and open all the possibilities that God has for you. Supernatural increase, divine connections, accomplishing things you've never, you only dreamed possible in your life, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, cleansing the lepers, opening the eyes of the blind, preaching the gospel in foreign lands. All of this comes up on the second level of living where you say, God, I open all the possibilities through the door of faith. Now I'm going to commit myself to the Word to pour it in and listen, listen, listen to the Word. And here's one thing. When you listen, if you listen to preachers, please choose somebody who is Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost filled and faith filled. I've had enough doubters. I've had enough complainers. I've had enough critics in my life. I've studied a lot of theology and I've been through a lot of skepticism that I'm not in that camp. I want to be in the camp of the believing. I don't want to be in the camp of the ten spies. I want to be in the camp with Joshua and Caleb who says all things are possible. We can take the land. We are more than able to take the land. Be that faith person in your family. Be that faith person in your friend group. Be that faith, that faith person in your in your community where you say, no, no, we're going to believe God on this. No, we're going to believe God on this. Thank God for my wife, Dana. She is this to the in spades. We're going to believe God on this. God is going to do this. God, you know, let's live up on the second level. Anyhow, somebody shout hallelujah. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. If you want to know the will of God, go to the word that we have. Find the word, find the promises, find how God can operate, pour that into you, and then exercise that by faith. Can somebody shout amen? Turn back with me to Romans chapter 1. Faith comes by hearing. Romans chapter 1. But faith is strengthened when we're with other believers. Romans chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. Paul says... For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. Really? Could he impart spiritual gifts? That's what we call impartation. A lot of people have a problem with it, but I believe in it. That when you hang around somebody that's got something on them, it can get imparted to your life. So he said, I'm coming to impart some spiritual gift to you. That is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. So Paul is a traveling, apostolic, prophetic teacher. He's coming in and he's going to flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you read Galatians, he said, this, the gospel came to you in signs and wonders. And now you've backed off that into legalism. And he says, who has bewitched you? That you began in faith and began in signs and wonders, and now you're trying to complete your faith by legalistic rules. He said, no, 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 no. That's not the way you began. It's not the way you're going to end. We would say it this way. Dance with the one who country brung you. Come on, dance with the one who brung you, right? If faith got you into this thing, walk on in faith. 
If you came in under the power of God, walk on in the power of God. Let people, get around people who can mutually, who can encourage you and you can mutually encourage one another in the faith. This is why it is important to be part of a church body. It's important to come to church. It's important to listen to the word. It's important to rub elbows with somebody. I thank God for online. We go around the world online and we do all kinds of cool stuff online. And I thank God for that. But I still love a paper Bible. I still love rubbing elbows with somebody in church. I still love seeing you guys and saying hey to you and hugging your neck. There's something about listening to the word together. You experience it together, and you feel the anointing and the weight of that word coming down, and we're mutually encouraged. We hear the same thing. We're mutually encouraged when we get together with one another. Thank you all for the three amens. That we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Okay, let's turn back to the book of Luke now, chapter 17. And this is a very familiar passage of Scripture. And I saw it a different way this week than I've never seen it before. Luke 17, verse 5. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Now we know faith comes by hearing by the word. Increase our faith. And the Lord said, listen how the Lord responded. He didn't give them a direct answer. He said, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. I think what he's saying is, if you, this is my interpretation, if you want to increase your faith, how about use what you got? Faith comes by hearing. Our faith is mutually encouraged through one another, coming together. And then if you want to increase your faith, how about you use the faith you have? Well, I don't have enough. No, 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 no. You have enough. You can increase it, but you got a lot right now. Jesus said, all you need is faith as a mustard seed. I don't know how many of you ever seen a mustard seed. Ten of you. A mustard seed is so small, it's like a bag of mustard seeds almost looks like dirt. It's so small. And I think what, I think what Jesus is saying is you already have faith if you just use it. You already have enough faith to say to a tree, be uprooted and it'd be gone. You have faith to say to a mountain, be thou removed and it would be removed. You have faith to pray for your kids. You have faith to believe for the salvation of your household. You have faith to make it through this life. You have faith to accomplish what God has spoken to your heart. You have faith to lay hands on the sick. You have faith to agree with someone in prayer. You have faith to witness to somebody. You have faith to make it. You have faith to do do stuff on the second level of life. We used to sing a song, faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. It don't take a whole lot, just use what you got. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Some people believe they're not, well, I'm not, uh, I, I haven't been to seminary, I haven't had classes in apologetics, so I don't think I have the goods to really be able to witness to someone. And I'm telling you, if Christ is in your heart, you have the goods to witness to someone. Now, you can add knowledge to that. It's wonderful. But you have faith and you have the goods to do what God's calling you to do. I remember R.W. Schambach telling a story years ago that there was a man in the hospital who had had a heart attack. And this, uh, this cleaning lady came in and she wasn't very educated. 
And a cleaning lady came in, and she said, she was cleaning around him, and they got struck up a conversation. And she said, sir, what's your problem? And he said, well, I have a heart problem. She said, Lord, don't you know Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled? <laughs> Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. And she prayed for him. Man instantly healed. Shambach told the story. Man was instantly healed. Well, that's not correct hermeneutics. I don't care. She had faith. Jesus was in her heart, and she exercised that mustard seed of faith, and a man got healed. Hallelujah. Some of our best witnesses are brand new converts because they had, they st all their friends are still lost. So when somebody gets saved, they're often the best evangelist you have in the church, and they have a mustard seed of faith, but they're going to run with it, man. And they can go out there and witness to all their friends. And the issue with older believers like us who've been in here is all of our friends become Christian. It's an issue that all of our friends become Christian. And so we say, are you witnessing anyone? Well, everybody's, everybody's born again around me. But don't think just because you're new to the faith that you don't have faith enough to do what God's calling you to do. If you feel to witness to somebody, go witness to somebody. If you feel to pray for someone, go pray for somebody. And the more you do it, the stronger you're going to get at it. The more you exercise the gift in your life, the larger it's going to grow, the more strong it's going to get. Hallelujah! I have a friend, he used to live in Virginia Beach, he came and preached for us a couple times, and he was just a, just a radical young guy, he used to be a youth pastor, he would take youth teams all over the world, and just pray for people, and they, they'd just go out, and eventually they became like, he said, We're, we are the wheelchair chasers at Walmart, we just go into Walmart, and anybody we see that needs prayer, we go after them, but he said, when I began, it was trial and error, and hit and miss, he said, I remember, I just said, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm praying, I'm going to go into the grocery store, Lord. God, if you want me to pray for somebody, point somebody out, Lord, and I'll go talk to them, and I'll lay hands on them and pray for them. So he walks up to this lady, and he says, Ma'am, excuse me, but I just feel maybe you have, a, you have a kidney problem that needs prayer. She said, No. He said, Okay, thank you. <laughs> and he said, I went through a lot of that until I started dialing in on what God was actually saying. And then he told me, he said, I was in a church service one day. And the glory cloud rolled in. He said, I know, it's a very educated young man, but he said, a glory cloud rolled in. And he said, Hans, since that day, everything changed. I started going out on the streets, and, and God gave me words of knowledge, and people started getting healed. If you know a guy named Todd White, his testimony is very similar to that. That he just came out of Teen Challenge and just went out and started witnessing to people and praying for the sick, and no one got healed for a long period of time. Then finally, it's just like the cover came off. The curtain rolled back. And he started having people healed like crazy. I'm telling you, I don't, I don't know why it's like that, but there's something about exercising the gift in your life. There's something about exercising the gift of faith that's in your life that's, that mustards, ex, get it, get used to get. I used to play high school basketball. And we went one time and got absolutely slaughtered at an away game. And we came back, and our coach says, you guys aren't in shape. We're going to run. I hated running. Still, it's not my favorite thing. I'm going to be careful about hate. But I don't like it very much. <laughs> so he said, we're going to run. So we started doing suicide drills. Here to the foul, foul line, you know, to the half court, to the other foul line, back. 
hit they'd run and run and run and run and run run then then I find after one practice I was just heaving over a trash can I don't like running very much but you know what happened we got in shape and I remember it significantly shifted how we played ball because you can't play basketball if you can't run Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. you got to get in shape. you got to get in shape for what you're doing. We went mountain climbing or hiking the other day, uh, me and Dana did, in Montana. And uh, we went up to this waterfall. And I thought, man, this is difficult. I thought, gee whiz, I'm from the mountains. This is difficult. We got up there, and I looked at my iPhone. We were at 7,150 feet in elevation. I live at... Zero feet above sea level. You do too if you live in this area. You live at zero, maybe eight, maybe ten, but you're right at the sea. Hallelujah. So I thought, golly, this thing. I wasn't in shape to hike that high. I wasn't in shape enough to hike low either, but it doesn't, it does, the point is you get in shape by doing it and using it. Same thing in the things of the Spirit. Use your faith. Step out there in faith. Do something that requires faith. Pray for someone. Uh, go out and God has given you a business idea. Start planning on it. Start talking to people. Get in conversation. Start stretching your faith and start giving. Have you ever given to where you thought, Lord, if you don't do something here, I'm giving everything away? I'm going to keep on preaching here. Faith comes by hearing. Faith is strengthened by being with other believers. Faith grows by using it. It grows in using it. It grows in using it. Faith comes by hearing. Faith is strengthened around other believers. And faith grows as we use it. Can somebody shout hallelujah? hallelujah. There's a verse, uh, there's a uh, passage. Let me, let me turn here. Everybody have your Bible say amen. amen. I know I'm teaching this morning, but, but it's good. In the book of Proverbs chapter 4, Bible says in verse 20, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. My son, be attentive to my... Pay attention. Get in what I'm saying to you. Incline your ear to it. Bend it down. Let them not escape from your sight. Let them let and, and keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. So there's something, and I know it's a proverb, and I know he's talking about wisdom or he's talking about instruction of a father, but let's let's look at it this way. What if we incline our incline our ears to the word of God? What if we are attentive to the Word of God? What if we dig down in the Word of God? Let it become our food. Let it become our drink. Let it become the main thing we meditate on. God told Joshua, if you meditate in my law day and night, I'll cause you to have good success. And I'll make your way prosperous. You've got to get into the law of the Lord. Because in our modern uh, society, you know, we spend so much time on TikTok or on Instagram Reels or on CNN or MSNBC or Fox News or whatever you're watching. We spend so much time in that 
that realm that it can bend and incline your thinking to another direction. And you hear all the doubt and all the unbelief and all the problems and the stock market's crashing and everything's going down the tubes and everybody's dying and everything's going to hell in a handbasket. Incline your ear to His sake. Get in His Word. Get strong. Let your feet be established. So if and when trials come, you're able to stand them. Because the Bible also talks about faith being tested through trials. And listen to what he says to this. Faith is tested through trials in the book of James. I'm going to read you one more passage. book of James, he talks about faith being tested. Chapter 1. Verse 2, does anybody in this church say amen? amen? He says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet various trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance or steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So we know that trials come, and we, it, they come to test our relationship with the Lord. They come to test our faith in His Word and His promises. They come to test our mettle and see how we're going to make it through this. So my deal is, be full of the Word. Be full of the Word. Have it teeming in your life and in your spirit so when you do face a trial you can walk through that trial and not lose your faith see the issue is when some people have tragedy come to their life I don't believe God sends it I don't believe he works against himself so I'm going to comfort you oh but I'm going to send some horrible stuff on you then I'm going to come and comfort I don't think he's a I don't think God's schizophrenic like that I think we're, we have trials because we have a real devil that we fight against. We're in a real fallen world, and we live in the flesh. I think trials come, and we deal with other people who are fallen in a fallen world and sometimes possessed by the devil. So trials will come. Persecution comes sometimes. But when trials come, if we, are, if we are centered in the Word and have our feet cemented in the Word, we can withstand that trial and not lose our faith. But when tragedy comes to some people, they allow it to totally wreck their faith, shipwreck their faith, or they re-evaluate their theology and rearrange their theology because of the situation. Can I get down in your junk drawer? Some people see things in their kids. And because they have such compassion for their kids, they approve of a lifestyle their kids have gotten involved in and back up from the Word of God. Or reinterpret the Word of God because of their great compassion for their kids. Or if someone goes through a tragedy. I went through a tragedy three years ago. Been there and done that. And it had the, I had the opportunity to let it rearrange my whole faith. Do I believe any of this anymore? But I knew that uh, I believed the Word. I'd spent too many years in the Word. I'd gone too far. I'd gone too far in the Word to doubt God's promises and doubt who He was. So I came, up, I came back to the, to the plate 
And I said, here's the deal. I don't understand everything that happened, but I know my God is faithful to it all. I know my faith stands strong. Hallelujah. I know it is well with my soul, and I know we're going to make it. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray for every sick person I can get my hands on. I'm going to preach the gospel every time I have a chance when God opens the door. I'm going to do all I can to proclaim the goodness of God, the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Because I'm going to stand in faith and not let it rearrange my theology. So faith is tested, but it should not rearrange. And then notice, I never really noticed the connection here until I looked at it through these lenses. He then says, and in this trying of our faith passage, he said, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. You'll go through some trials... Ask for wisdom and do it in faith and do not doubt. Notice what happens next. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Those are strong words. When you're walking through trials, be careful that you don't shipwreck your faith. Don't be double-minded. He's like a double-minded man, unstable in his, all, his, all his ways. I don't want to come to God saying, Lord, I know I have read your promises, and it may be true, it may not be true, I don't know. I'm just going to pray and give it a shot. Don't pray for me if that's your mindset. I want somebody to come on strong. Brother, I'm believing God's got something for you, man. I'm believing God's going to get you out of this situation. Hallelujah. You know what? I, I think it was Dennis Bennett, the Episcopalian, years ago who said this. He said, I believe uh, in, in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and when someone's baptized in the Spirit, they'll speak in tongues. He said, I believe it. And he said, if I don't push for it, I don't see it. He said the same thing with healing. I believe in healing, but if I don't push for it, I don't see it. It seems like when we step back and just say, well, God, well maybe something will happen, maybe something won't happen. We get back in that double-minded way. I don't want to live in double-mindedness. I want to be single-minded in my life. Then I know God has spoken and God can perform His Word. Man, this is strong stuff, but I hope you drink it in and think about it this morning. So faith comes by hearing. Faith is strengthened with other believers. Faith grows by the use of it. And then faith can be tested by trials, but our response to that is to live in faith without doubting, without wavering. Hallelujah. Be full of the Word. Be fully connected to God. I heard a testimony of a very uh, popular minister in America, a lady, and she said that uh, she said her husband died in a plane crash back several years ago. And she said, but two years before that, the Lord spoke to me. And said, I want you to live in perfect peace every day of your life. I want you to work to be in perfect peace in your thought life. If anything comes in your thought life that's not producing peace and not of the word of the Lord and not of faith, get it out of your thought life. Get it out. And so she said, I walked in that for two years. And my boy showed up one day and said, Dad's been killed in a plane crash. And she said, it wasn't that I wasn't sad, it wasn't that I didn't cry, but I had peace in my heart because God had already prepared me to walk through that situation. 
And I'm telling you, we don't grieve as those who have no hope. When something happens, trials come, you sit on yourself in the Word, have faith in God, and believe that God's going to bring you through every bit of it. I can, you know, I, why am I teaching all this? Because we could come and bring people around you and try to console you. We could come and help you when you're walking through something. We could come and bring gift baskets and, and quilts to you. And it's all beautiful. And the church, I think, should do that. But the best thing I can do for you is to tell you to have faith in God. Be full of the Word. Don't back down one iota through anything you walk through in life, and you're going to stand the test. And when the dust clears, you're going to be standing there, woman of God, man of God, full of faith, full of power, ready to help somebody else who walks through a similar situation in life. Come on, can somebody shout amen? I want you to notice this. Esther was a woman of faith. She knew she had a purpose, and there was no one else in the position at that time who could influence the king to overturn a decree to kill all the Jewish people in the kingdom. And so her uncle comes to her, who had raised her, and he said, Listen, who knows? If you haven't come into the kingdom for such a time as this, and you're the only hope we have. And she says, Okay, you guys start fasting and praying. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to go before him. If I live or die, I'm going. I'm going to do it. That's faith. She determined I'm going to be a woman of faith. I'm not going to sit here in my comfort zone. You guys fast and pray for me, and I'm going to walk in and see the king. And if you know the story of Esther, you know what happens. She walks in, and if the king doesn't extend his scepter toward you, you're done. Well, she walked in, surely a nervous wreck, trusting in the prayers of her people, trusting in the God of Abraham, and she walked in and stood before the king, and he sees her, and he extends the scepter to her. She saved the Jewish race. Hallelujah. She was a woman of faith. Think about Daniel. He was a man of faith. He would pray every day, three times a day, with his face toward Jerusalem because he was a Jew, praying back toward the temple. People were jealous of him because of his exalted position and favor that the king had had on him. So they came and made the king decrease the law stating that no one should pray except unto the, you know, the gods of, of, of Babylon. So anyhow, he, so what does Daniel do when he hears that? He, he knows what it means. He knows this means my life's in trouble because I'm a Jew and I'm faithful in prayer. So what does he do? He's a man of faith. He goes back to his place, opens the windows, and prays three times a day just like he always did because he's a man of faith. He didn't allow the trial to influence his faith. He kept on doing it, trusting in God and trusting in God's promises and trusting in the one who had created him that he was able to do everything he said he would do. Three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. A decree was passed. Whoever doesn't worship the golden statue, the image of Nebuchadnezzar, they shall be cast into the, the fiery furnace. So what did those boys do? When everybody bowed and the music played, everyone bowed to the idol, those boys were standing there. They didn't bow. So they're brought before the king. And the king, you know, questions them. And they said, listen, king, you know, whether God uh, delivers us or not, we ain't going to bow to your stupid idol. That's, that's Hans Hess' translation. We're not going to bow to your dumb idol. 
And so they walked toward the fire. And as they walked toward the fire, they heated it up hotter. And then they got there. The men carrying them were burned up. And those boys walked right into the fire. And then the king looks over the banister and he looks and he sees Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and a fourth that looks like the Son of God walking in the fire with them. God showed up in the trial and showed up in the fire because they were men of faith. And then they walked out and the only thing burnt off them was the bonds and the shackles holding them. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Man of faith, men of faith, walking in, not backing down, trusting God every moment, standing on the Word. Somebody had been doing their homework. Those boys had been trained in the ways of Israel. Those boys had been trained to do what God had commanded them to do. They wouldn't eat the king's meat. They wouldn't drink his wine. They wouldn't partake of his table. Yet they turned out healthier than all the rest in Babylon. They showed up as men of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. 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 How many men and women of faith do I have in this church right now? Come on, how many of you say, I'm going to stand in the Word and I'm going to stand for the Word? Come wind, come storm, come cloudy days, come clear days. I'm standing on the Word. I'm going to trust in God from morning till night. I'm trusting in God. He's my Savior. He's taking me home to heaven one day. He's going to make me victorious in this life until I get there. He's my healer. He's my baptizer. He's my sanctifier. He's my justifier. He's my coming King. He's all of that and more. Come on, somebody, give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word. So I began this year, and I said, Lord, I'm reading through the Bible again. And this year, I'm going to read it in a different translation. And this year, I'm going to look for the goodness of God in every page. I've been absolutely blown away at what I've seen. Not only that, I said, Lord, I'm going to read men of faith, men who've accomplished great things. I'm not just talking about a skeptic on YouTube criticizing the great men of God. I'm talking about some people that have actually done some great things. So I started reading some great men of faith. I went back in history and started reading some great men of faith, and I was absolutely encouraged. One time I had a history class with a mentor of mine named Vincent Sinan. Vincent Sinan wrote a name on the board. Then he wrote another name on the board. And he asked the class, he said, have you ever heard of this guy? They said, no. He said, right. He was the critic of Charles Finney. You ever heard of this guy? No. Yeah, because he was a critic of another great evangelist. He said, you know, the guys you're listening to today, you're never going to hear of them in history. You're going to hear the men and women who went out and did great things by faith who lived by faith and walked by faith. Hallelujah. Those people ended up in Hebrews chapter 11 in the great hall of faith. Can someone shout amen? Let's all stand in here. Come on, put your hands together. Give the Lord a praise. Glory to God. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise this morning. Hey guys, thanks so much for watching and listening to the podcast. And I hope these sermons have been a great blessing and source of encouragement to your life. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing today, Jesus is the answer. I can tell you, He is the answer for your life. I'd love to pray with you before we leave here. So if you never accepted Christ into your life, or if you just have a need in your life, let's lift it up to the Lord right now. Come on, pray with me. Lord Jesus, 
Wash me from all sin. I accept you into my life. I repent of all sin and I place you on the throne seat of my heart. Lord, I pray right now, you minister to each and every one who just prayed that short prayer with me. Whatever situation they're facing, give them grace right now. Give them the power they need to get through it, Lord. Give miracle signs and wonders today, Lord, to those listening in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We declare it done in Jesus' name. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in and listening and watching us.